Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. So today we are concluding our sermon series called I Am Jesus. And we have been looking at the I Am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. Today we're going to be focusing on one of the statements that Jesus made in John chapter 10. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now I'm willing to bet if you have been in church uh, for some time in your life, you have probably heard a number of sermons on Jesus saying that he is our good shepherd and how we are his sheep. But in this series, what struck me most was that all of these I am statements that Jesus made were very offensive to the religious leaders of the day. All of the I am statements actually got Jesus in trouble. It's actually the reason why Jesus got killed. Uh, the Jewish people wanted to kill Jesus because of, of blasphemy. Um, and it had to do with these I am statements that Jesus made because all of them were claims of divinity. But then we come to the I am statement in John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, when I read that, that doesn't sound very threatening. And I ask myself, why did this statement offend other people around him? It's such a nice thing to say. I'm like a good shepherd. I want to just take care of people. So why in the world would anyone get offended when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd? In fact, the whole uh, John chapter 10 is a very confrontational chapter. Uh, if you read it in the right way or if you understand what happened uh, just a chapter before this and you read some of the things that happens later on in this chapter, you will see that it's as if the Pharisees and Jesus are fighting with one another. It's a very heated conversation uh, that Jesus is having with the religious leaders uh, of the day. The conversation is so heated that, that eventually in verse 31 or 33, uh, the Jews pick up stones and they want to kill Jesus. And so why was this? Jesus makes the statement in verses 11 and 14, I am the good shepherd, but this offended other people. You see, John chapter 9, uh, the previous passage is the place where Jesus heals a blind man. I want to quickly give you a bit of background to this story. What happened in this conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees, but also... Uh, just give you a bit of a picture or, or an understanding uh, of the language that Jesus was busy using and why the language Jesus was using was such a trigger for the Jews in this moment. So John chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man, a man that was born blind. Now in this time, uh, they thought that if you were born blind, you were born in utter sin. There's no hope for you. Jesus heals this blind man and then afterwards everyone you know, knows about, the fact that, about this guy that was born blind but now he can see. Uh, it's probably someone that everyone walked past him while he was begging or something like that. And so they knew who this guy was. Now all of a sudden he can see. So everyone is astonished and everyone wants to know what happened? Who healed you? And the Pharisees also want to figure out by whose authority were you healed? Um, and I think they were already offended a little bit because it wasn't by their authority. So they're supposed to be the religious leaders or the hope, you know, for the people around them. 
But now this blind man sees and he tells them it was Jesus. Someone they weren't very fond of in this moment because if you read John chapter 8, you'll also see that Jesus is having a confrontation with the Pharisees uh, there already and even earlier. And so they're not very happy about the fact that this person is saying it was Jesus and they don't recognize the authority of Jesus. And they have this long conversation. He starts getting sarcastic with the Pharisees. He says, do you want to become believers? Why do you want to know so badly? Um, and then finally what happened is the Pharisees cast out this man. They say, even though you are healed now, you were born in utter sin and they cast him out. So you're not welcome uh, with them as the religious people anymore. Jesus hears about this. And obviously Jesus is, I think, in my opinion, he's ticked off. Right? He, he's angry because how can they cast out someone like this? Uh, he sees what the religious leaders are doing in the, in the way that they, they lack love. Um, uh, in, in the way they treat this man. So he goes to the man that was no longer blind anymore and he speaks to him and he explains to him that he is the Messiah. But then while he's having this conversation, the Pharisees in the end of chapter 9, you can go read it yourself, they overhear what Jesus is busy telling this man and they start making snarky comments because they hear what Jesus is saying about himself and they start chirping at Jesus. And then Jesus responds, John chapter 10 picks up where Jesus is responding to these religious leaders, to the Pharisees. And he starts speaking to them about him being the good shepherd. But more than that, he's also speaking about thieves and robbers and those that have come before him that, uh, that, that actually come to kill and destroy. And so what is all of that about? Now, the, the background of that conversation, uh, Jesus goes on, um, to explain to him, to them, that he is the good shepherd. Now, again, why was this so offensive? You see, when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, they knew the Old Testament pretty well. And this language of speaking about the good shepherd was a trigger for them. And immediately they knew that Jesus was referring to Ezekiel chapter 34 in the Old Testament. This would have been a well-known passage of Scripture. And Jesus is actually accusing them of being the false shepherds that Ezekiel 34 speaks about. And Jesus is pointing to himself. So I'm going to read you a number of Scriptures. You're welcome to go read the whole of Ezekiel 34. And as you read Ezekiel 34, then go to John chapter 10. Um, and I'm pretty sure that this will make more sense as to why the Jews got angry with Jesus and also what exactly Jesus was busy saying about himself. Ezekiel 34, uh, God is telling the prophet to, to prophesy and some of the words he uses, he says, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. From verse 7, let me read uh, further in verse 8. My sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd. And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. So in the Old Testament, God is accusing the leaders of Israel saying that they are very wicked shepherds. And the sheep are getting hurt because of this. And then it goes on. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths. 
Verse 11, uh, God continues the conversation, uh, his accusation against the, the, the shepherds of Israel. In Ezekiel 34, verse 11, For thus says the Lord God, and then God speaks about himself, what he will do. Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his, amongst his sheep that have been scattered. So will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them. Verse 14, I will feed them with good pasture. And then verse 15, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. You see, in the Old Testament, if, if you speak to a, a religious leader in this time, someone that, that knew the Old Testament, a Jewish person that knew the Old Testament, if someone speaks about the good shepherd, you think about God. You think about the fact that God calls himself. He says, you know, if the shepherds are not going to feed the sheep, I will replace them and I will become their shepherd, me, myself. God in the Old Testament is calling himself the good shepherd. And he goes on, verse 23, speaking about the Messiah. Verse 23 is a prophecy about the Messiah to come. And it says, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. Now just note here in Ezekiel 34, David has been long dead. So obviously this is not speaking about David. It's speaking about the son of David. Now we know that the son of David is also another way of referring to the son of man or to the son of God, to Jesus. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And so with this background in mind, what is Jesus busy saying to the Pharisees? What is Jesus busy accusing them of? And what is Jesus busy saying about himself when he makes the I am statement, when he says, I am the good shepherd? You see, let's read that. Uh, John chapter 10, um, in verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. It's about sheep finding pasture. And then verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, just like Jesus did. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You can hear that Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees that just cast out the man that had been born blind. And they claiming that he was born in Utterson, so therefore they cast him out. And Jesus healed this man. So he's, he's accusing them of being the hired hands the wicked shepherds that Ezekiel 34 is speaking about. And he's speaking about himself as the good shepherd that is willing to lay down his life because the sheep are his. That's what Jesus is busy saying. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. You see, Jesus was calling them the shepherds of Ezekiel 34, the bad ones, the ones that feed themselves and that care nothing for the sheep. And he was looking at himself and, and saying, or, or pointing to himself, saying, I am the good shepherd. 
not only am I the, 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 the Messiah or the, the son of David that Ezekiel 34 is pointing to, but also I am the good shepherd. You see, Jesus, just think about this. Uh, Psalm 23, famous psalm where David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Beautiful psalm. See, there's lots of language in the Old Testament that refers to God as our shepherd. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now Jesus is standing in front of them and he tells them, you know, you know the one that David was worshipping when he says, the Lord is my shepherd? I am that shepherd. I am that shepherd. So now you can understand why the Jews got pretty angry at Jesus, right? I think at first they didn't believe their ears when they heard this. So finally they push him a little bit further. It's verse 24. So the Jews gathered around him and, and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. As if Jesus couldn't make it any more clearer than he made with all of the I am statements. Then Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. Jesus makes it very clear. I am the Messiah. I am the one that you've been waiting for. I am the way that God is becoming the shepherd of his own sheep. And you are the ones, religion, you are the ones that are being replaced because you are not looking after my sheep. See, Jesus calls himself your shepherd. The question you need to answer is how do I respond? Do I believe this? Do I believe the claim of Jesus that he is my good shepherd? You see, this picture of shepherd is way different to just a random guy looking after sheep out there. Right? You've maybe driven past the farm and you see there are sheep and there are someone, there's someone looking after the sheep. That is a shepherd. It looks nice. Sometimes it's a cute image. But in this sense, Jesus was saying something much bigger. He is saying that he is your shepherd. You are his sheep. You belong to him. That is the claim that Jesus was busy making. And all of us need to respond to that. The Jews, in verse 31, they get angry. The way they respond is saying, Jesus, you are making false claims and you are saying blasphemous things. And so they pick up stones. And then there are those, like the blind man that saw, that say, no, this is the Messiah and believe. Before I end, let me just quickly speak about sheep. We need to answer the question, why do I need a shepherd? So you see, the, the statement is true that what uh, Psalm 30, uh, 23 says is that the Lord is my shepherd. But the, the other way is also true. And uh, we need to understand it in the other way or the, the, the inverse when we say that the shepherd is my Lord. Not only is the Lord my shepherd, but the shepherd is my Lord. The question is, is the shepherd your Lord? Do you understand that it's not someone that helps you to find pasture only? It's not someone that only helps you. If he's your shepherd, it means you belong to him. He is your Lord also. You are his possession. But let me ask this question. Why do we need a shepherd? You see, I believe it's a good thing for you to surrender yourself to a shepherd, to give up your independence so that you belong to a shepherd. That is good for us. You see, society or our culture today teaches us that independence is a sign of weakness. Uh, the culture today uh, teaches us that we have to fight for independence, right? Oh, sorry, dependence is weakness and we have to fight for independence. That's what the culture is busy teaching us. 
But the truth of the matter is that that is true. What they are saying is that independence equals weakness. But the reality is you and I are weak. Isaiah says that we are all like sheep. We have all gone astray. The reality is unless you understand that you are weak, you will die. You will be in trouble. It's only once you understand that you are weak and that you need to be dependent on someone else that can take care of you. It's only then that there is hope for you. And the best thing you can do is choose the good shepherd to take care of you. So let me tell you why you need a shepherd. Because we are like sheep. Now, here's a couple of points about sheep. Sheep get lost quite easily, right? If you don't guide the sheep, they will get lost. In the same way, we need guidance. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I think that almost no one in this world is original <laughs> except God. All of us follow someone or something. I mean, we see it so often in, in just trends. I mean, no one just, you know, dresses the same way as people dressed 200 years ago. Even people that say they don't worry about fashion trends so much, they, they're still dressing in a certain way. Uh, all of us follow certain trends. If something, you know, is fashionable, you know, we all start gravitating uh, toward that. In fact, there's a funny story about, about sheep. Um, uh, this is actually a true story. What happened in Turkey, I think in 2005, so it wasn't very long ago, uh, there were 500 sheep that fell off the same cliff because one sheep fell off the cliff. The first sheep uh, made a jump to another cliff and didn't make it and it fell off the cliff and the other sheep followed because that was, that's what sheep do, right? They're not very original. They just follow the sheep and they all fell off the cliff. Apparently, the, the last number of sheep that fell off, uh, some of them survived because they fell on top of the other sheep that were lying at the bottom. Nice woolly cushion for them uh, landing on them. 500 sheep dead because of one sheep going down a cliff and everyone else follows. Don't you think that's true about us? So often, we, we, we're never original. We need guidance in our lives. We need to follow. We are made to follow something. But it's way better to follow the good shepherd instead of following other sheep around you. If you follow sheep around you, you might find yourself at the bottom of a cliff. The second thing about sheep is sheep cannot take care of themselves. Sheep are domesticated animals um, and uh, they, they need someone else to take care of them. If you don't shear their, their wool, it'll just keep on growing, right? So, so they need to be taken care. They need to be led to a place of pasture. In fact, there's an interesting story about not too long ago, I think it's 2017, uh, there was a sheep that got lost in the Australian wild or outback somewhere. Um, and the sheep had enough pasture, so it was surviving. But no one was taking care of the sheep and no one was shearing the wool of the sheep. And it just kept on growing and growing and growing until it became so much when they found this sheep. The sheep could not walk because if it rained, the wool would get so heavy that the sheep cannot walk around. So they saved the sheep. The sheep would have died if they just left it in the wild because it cannot take care of itself. They rescued the sheep and when they finally shed off all of the wool, it was something like 35 kilograms of wool. And you can go Google this. Uh, the sheep's name is Barak, um, but, but it's like B-A-A-R-A-C-K, something like that. So it's like Barak. Okay. So I think that's a clever name that they gave uh, the sheep. But here's the point. We also need someone else to take care of us. Sometimes we think that we can take care of ourselves. 
But that's just if you haven't done life for long enough. If you've done life for long enough, you've come to a place where you know that you need help. All of us need help. We need someone else to take care of us. We need someone else to lead us to good pasture. Sometimes we can pay our own bills, but we cannot find pasture in the sense of finding joy. We cannot always find the places of joy in our own lives. Even if you can pay all of your own bills, you still need God to lead you to good pasture because He knows what you need. He knows what will give you true joy and true satisfaction, what will truly feed you in this life. We can trust the shepherd. Third thing about sheep, sheep are stubborn. Uh, they are very stubborn and they also need discipline and correction. Um, in, the, in the old times, um, a shepherd, it's, a, it's an interesting story or beautiful picture, is if a sheep would get lost, the shepherd would go after the sheep and catch it because if a sheep is on its own, it is in danger. Once the shepherd would catch the sheep, he would actually take a stick and crack one of the legs of the sheep so that the sheep cannot walk around. Put it on its back and carry it home. And then when the sheep started walking, it would have to be close to the shepherd. And uh, because of this leg being cracked and it, it being hurt, um, the sheep had to, to be once again taught closeness with the shepherd. So that was the way of the shepherd teaching the sheep to stay close to me. If you stay close to me, you've got a fighting chance. And that's the way that the good shepherd actually taught the sheep to do this. And this is the same about correction, right? Uh, no one loves discipline. I mean, I've never met a person and uh, saying, I love discipline. I used to love it when my dad gave me a hiding, right? Uh, sometimes even with our kids, we have to help them, you know, in the right direction. But we do that out of love. We do it out of love because we know if we do not teach them now, they will find themselves in trouble later on. We need discipline and we need correction. And this is the, the love of God that actually does that. Last point, and then we're going to finish off, is that sheep are defenseless. Uh, sheep don't have defense mechanisms, right? So they don't have like, I don't know, scary teeth or uh, claws or anything like that, that. They don't make like a loud noise that, uh, that, that frightens uh, predators away. The only thing that sheep have is numbers. Sheep are at their safest when they are in numbers. That's maybe why uh, the shepherd goes and leaves the 99 to look after the one. Because the 99 is going to be okay because they are numbers. But if you are alone, you are scattered and you are in danger. John chapter 10, if you go read it now in your own time today or this week, you will see that Jesus is very clear and adamant. Is not only are there you know, some of these false shepherds that come to, to kill and destroy and, and steal from the sheep or feed off the sheep, but also there is an enemy. There is, uh, the enemy is real and the enemy wants to hurt the sheep. The way the enemy does it is the wolf comes and scatters the sheep. And once the sheep are scatters, or scattered, he can easily attack the scattered sheep. Now, just maybe making the connection to us as Christians. Just like sheep are safer in groups, so also Christians are safer in church. If you're a Christian, you should be very careful. Because the enemy is real. And it's not a safe place for you to be outside of community or to be on your own or to be scattered. And with that, in, in, in the most loving way, I want to say this. Uh, if, if you are following our online church, 
Um, we are so thankful that, we, that you are doing that. And we would love to walk the road with you. We really, really do. But I need to encourage you. You need to make sure that you are part of a local church. If you are watching this sermon just as additional or the times when you can't come to church, that is great. But if this is the only place where you try and feed yourself, I want to encourage you, make sure that you find other sheep, that you spend time with other sheep, that you are not scattered um, and become prey to the wolf. And so just in, in closing off, the reality of you and me is that independence will lead to death. That's the reality of all sheep. The reality of you and me is independence will lead to death. If we've got any fighting chance, it is when we are dependent on someone. And it cannot be just anyone. It has to be the good shepherd. And the question we need to answer after Jesus speaks to us in John chapter 10, and he says that I am the good shepherd, right? When he makes that statement, you've got one of two options in response. Either you say, no, this is a false claim, and you pick up stones to say, this is blasphemy. Jesus, you don't know what you're speaking about. Or you bow your knee and you say, Jesus, you are my shepherd and I give you everything. I belong to you. I want to be dependent on you. I want you as the good shepherd to take care of me. So either one of those two things. There is no third option. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and he's saying that he's the good shepherd of the Old Testament. He is your God. Also, he is the Messiah that is, 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 is um, uh, prophesied in the Old Testament. When Jesus does that, he is claiming lordship over your life. So there's no third option. You cannot take Jesus as just a good teacher or say that Jesus is my motivational speaker or Jesus is my life coach and he helps me now and then to find the right spot to, you know, uh, graze, find the right pasture. You cannot say Jesus is my co-pilot because that's not the statement Jesus made when he said, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am your good shepherd and you are my sheep. Only one, one of two ways to respond to that. Either you say, no, Jesus, no, thank you. In other words, you are just like the Pharisees picking up stones saying, this is a false claim. This is blasphemy. Or you bow the knee and you say, Jesus, take my all. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is either everything to you or he's nothing to you. Lord Jesus, just as we're praying with our friends watching this uh, online, God, we want to make a confession to say that, Jesus, you are our good shepherd. And God, we are so thankful for you in our lives, God. We belong to you. We are your sheep. And thank you that we know that you are the one taking care of us. The most loving person that ever existed, that has been there even before creation. God, thank you that you are the one that we call our good shepherd we feel safe in your hands and we trust you with our lives god with everything we give you access to our lives god even when it comes to discipline and correction not only for protection and for good pasture but god come and take care of us and even if it's needed god come and correct us and discipline us because we are your sheep in jesus name amen bless you Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.